This is your favorite host, Advice from Hannah, and you're listening to season one, episode number 29, Dirty Blonde, featuring Laura Armstrong. Super excited to have you join us today. But before we start, I'd like to thank our media sponsor, Wolf Co., which is an online community and academy for entrepreneurs to learn how to build and market their brands through digital and social media. Are you tired of spending time and money on events and courses? that didn't actually lead to actionable tactics for your business. Join the Wolf Co. Academy for $1.99 a year, and I can guarantee that you'll never regret it. For more information, you can look up www.wolfwolfeco.com. Looking to find the missing piece to your social media marketing puzzle? Let's partner up to grow and monetize your social media platform. Partner up even better together. For more information, look up www.partnerteam.com. Tell them Hannah sent you. Now, I'm super excited. I actually want to take two seconds of this podcast just to thank every single one of you that takes the time out of your day and life to listen to me. I really appreciate it, and I cannot express my eternal gratitude for your endless support. Now, let's get on to this episode, shall we? to have this Toronto native local entrepreneur Dirty Blonde is her name but she her real government name is Laura Armstrong and she is a multiple entrepreneur she juggles she does a million things and she probably like can hop on one leg while she does everything Laura welcome hi thanks so much for having me I'm so thrilled that you are on here I love how we connected how we talked and now we're here so if you guys haven't heard me talk about networking before, please, please, it's very important for your brand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop talking now, and I'm going to ask you, like, tell me about yourself. Like, what do you do? What okay. What is Dirty Blonde? So Dirty Blonde is uh, my business I started about a year ago, and it's a personalized dry shampoo brand. But um, backstory being, uh, nine to five, a few years ago, I was a corporate event manager, which meant I had to travel a lot for work. And you can't tell right now because you're just hearing me talk, but I have very long blonde hair. And hair washing day is always um, an extreme sport for me. And especially when you're traveling, I just hate doing it. So I was always thinking of ways of how I could go a few days without washing my hair. Um, what I found on the market wasn't helping. So I started to make my own. And then I started to make it for my friends. And then I started to sell it online. And now it's like a full-blown business. So <laughs> It's a full-blown brand movement (laughs) it is the whole nine yards i don't even think i can call this a business i think this is like the beginning of your empire yeah like i started it i remember i was out at a girls weekend and i had brought a bunch for my friends to try different shades and all this stuff and over a few glasses of wine we branded it dirty blonde and i love the origin story because it's my natural hair color and my hair is actually always dirty so (laughs) it has levels to it you know (laughs) i love it multi-tier leveled friendship and there was a need that you saw in mm-hmm. society and you created it and that's what entrepreneurship is about I find it's true like if you look at the market I don't know if a lot of people use dry shampoo or not but you'll notice there's usually one shade and it's white mm-hmm. it doesn't match anyone's hair it makes your hair look gray 
Um, it's obvious that you've been using it. Um, you can't always choose a scent. Uh, a lot of ingredients aren't good for you. So I started making my own vegan, natural, it's scented with essential oils. It's meant to match different hair shades. I have about five different shades now and you have four different scent options. So it's very personalized who you are and what smells you like, so. <laughs> and her brand embodies her so well. Like if you guys were to see, I need to start taping these things. If you guys were to see her, you would understand <laughs> what, what she's saying. Um, I find that sometimes you get scared. Did you find fear in the sense of like launching this brand at all? Like in the, in the process, like, oh my God, what if nobody? Yes and no, it's not the first business I launched. So I think that fear wasn't as extreme. I, mm. I think I told you before, but I started a company called A Work of Heart about a few years ago. And that was um, to sell art to raise money for a charity in Kenya. I was volunteering with overseas. And I did that for, it's still going, it's not as big as it used to be, but that was a bigger movement and I was a lot younger at the time. And I think uh, ignorant bliss is where I was coming <laughs> from. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it did really well. And I got a lot out of that, especially even for my own resume, my own career. I did really well for myself with that. So it's launching this again, I kind of knew what it was like to set up a Facebook page and an Instagram account and branding your business and getting the word out about what you do. Like that fear, it was still there, but it was not as strong as it was probably when I first did it. So you've done this before and now like it's just your fish and water pretty much, I find. I want to ask you who influenced this journey in a sense of launching thus your second movement? Um, do you have like a key player that's just like, yes, um, I was thinking about this question too because there's not like one like when I look at my friendship groups like I have some really great friends I have a lot of really strong relationships but I don't see a lot of entrepreneurial mindsets in my close relationships so I think I always reach out to like podcasts and tv shows that really feature entrepreneurs and I follow those types of people to kind of keep my my energy is going but again I have focus groups all the time with my friends they're very open to hearing what I'm up to and trying out new products that I'm making for myself so that's really good too and then my mom started her own business a few years ago she started her own property management company with my sister so I've always seen kind of like women owning companies I grew up with my mom's in real estate who kind of like owned it my whole childhood so that was helpful too but I don't know really like there's not one set person but I've always even as a kid like I always just loved money I know that's a weird thing to say <laughs> no but like I always just loved the idea of money I love seeing money and like <laughs> Well, what else are we trying to yeah, do over here? Yeah, like, like, I love to make money, so <laughs> that's a big driving point for myself as well. But yeah, it's strange. I don't know. My journey is very different because I went to uh, Laurier as my undergrad and I majored in English. I had nothing to do with business. I didn't know much about business. I worked on the side as a server or a bartender throughout university just to make some extra money, which I loved doing. I loved walking home with tips every night and, you know, putting stuff away in my savings account. I was very good at managing my own money, my own credit. And I started traveling in the summer to do volunteer trips abroad, which really kind of opened my eyes to the ways of the world and what's happening and how we're all kind of connected to one another. And then that really drove me to go into the nonprofit sector. And I was in there for about seven years as a professional fundraiser. So hosting events to get people to donate, uh, monthly giving, all sorts of stuff. So again, this idea of money to change lives, to do better in the world. Um, the work of heart was a part of that as well. That was my first business that I started. But as I kind of grew into those um, outlets of myself, I noticed I had a really strong interest in marketing and a really strong interest in project management and taking on events and stuff like that. And I kind of moved out of that sector, but I always loved owning something that was mine. So even though a work of heart 
it kind of plateaued for me because I couldn't find a way to expand it enough that it's all that I did. Because mm -hmm. if you sell pieces of art, you can only paint so much in a day. You can only produce so much art in a day. So that kind of, you can't live off that kind of income. There, I couldn't find a way to make that my full-time job. But I think with something like creating a product that you can create quicker, that uh, can appease more people at once, things like that, was a, it was a good alternative for me to have something that was still my own brand, but something that could grow a lot quicker. You are a businesswoman at heart. <laughs> I know you took English and, and you did in your downloads, but you're always thinking about investments and how to make a profit. Right. That is the bottom line. It's true. I always, when I look at new situations, I'm like, how can I monetize this? Like, it's always kind of the way I see the world, which is crazy, but. No, it's, it's <laughs> fabulous. I feel like more of us need to be like that, especially females. Mm -hmm. I find that we, oh, okay, yeah, we, I, you don't have to. And then it kind of gets yeah. weird when they talk about money, but you're like, no, let's go. I need to make money. And Honestly, like my friends roll their eyes when I start talking about this stuff. So it's one of my favorite things to talk about is like business and marketing and like career development and all those things. And I think, oh, I had a point that I want to get across. What were you we just talking about? Because you brought it up to, oh, like people of influence. Mm -hmm. And I think for anyone out there who may have like an idea in their head now, something they want to execute, but they haven't started yet. And I understand that fear of like maybe sharing it because you don't want someone to shut it down. And I get that too, because some people just will not understand for the life of them what you're trying to do, and that's fine. They don't have to. It's your business, not theirs. But I think take that little nugget of whatever you're thinking of and hone that down a little bit and think of who you could pitch it to, who maybe they aren't the market you're going after, but they have a business sense that they could help guide you in a way or just give you like the nod of approval or something. But it's like who you share it with, right? You don't have to share it with everyone, but just pick the select people who would understand where you're trying to go with it because I think for myself when I talk to certain people I'm like oh I'm starting this business the idea of like investing your money in something and the idea of taking a risk the idea of like going out on your own and doing something is very like scary and weird to them but mm -hmm. there are some people in your life who would understand what you're trying to do and give you better guidance well I, I call those people like it's either you're woke or you're asleep right so <laughs> that's kind of how I view it and I'll, I'll share something with you this podcast was shut down this was an idea and I shared it with the wrong person and they're like well, what are you going to talk about? You're not an expert on anything. And it was like, oh. You don't have to be. Right? I and I people think like you. that's the other fear too, though. Because I remember when I started to work a heart, like I learned how to paint throughout high school. And it was just like a hobby that I kind of mm -hmm. put aside for a few years while I went to university. And I started again when I moved to Toronto. And I was like, I could sell my art. The, the reason it came up to was in Kenya in an internet cafe sitting with one of my teammates. And he saw a picture of a draft, like a postcard of a draft. And he's like, that's so cool. And I was like, I could probably paint that. And he's like, oh man, I'd buy it from you. And they just... I was like, I could sell my art. That's so weird. And then the same day, like I was, there was this little girl in Kenya named uh, Doris who was always with her team every day and she was really sweet. And then it kept being brought up that Doris needed child sponsorship and that kind of, if I sell that zebra painting, I could sponsor Doris. And this idea of like selling my art to do good for this charity that I've kind of fallen in love with and I kept going back to visit. And it just, that kind of just came out of me. So I literally just started a Facebook page and started just posting pictures of my art and like inviting my friends to come look at it and like, Eventually, people just brought me, like, I want to buy that art. And it had nothing to do with me, like, going to OCAD and being trained as an artist for five years because I wasn't ever. It's all self-taught, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. And the same with, um, you know, I wasn't a hairdresser in a salon for 10 years who came up with a product. I was a frustrated girl with long hair who traveled a lot and didn't want to wash it that often. So I found a way around it, right? So you don't have to be an expert in what you're trying to sell. You just have to have the passion behind it and the angle. The angle and the passion and, and the yeah. hustle because... Yeah. So the hustle, definitely. The hustle, you need to move, or whatever you want to call it. But I feel like you need to move in order to make these ideas happen because so many people think about selling their art or, you know, creating a product, and then it just sits there. 
And then you're going to see it on TV one day. That's that's my whole it's thing. It's so true. Everyone always has, like, I hear people with ideas all the time. Like, that's so cool. You should do it. Like, no, but what if someone says no? Like, what if I fail? And it's like that really cheesy quote. I'm like, yeah, but what if you fly? Like, just do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And I feel like you're, you're providing so much value for the viewers right now because you're somebody that has that studied English but did art and now you're creating hair products but yet you have no formal background and I find that sometimes we shy away from something because we don't have the formal education but who needs it like you do need it but you definitely need it but it's so accessible now too like even if you didn't do the degree in the right um field that you want to go into now you can there's videos you can watch online like I could learn how to photoshop within a day well not within a day but there's classes on youtube Mm -hmm. there's like lynda.com linkedin has courses you can take courses online you can go to workshops like you don't have to go back to school for four years to be like now I have a business degree I can go and do these things it's not true and it's like building the plane while flying the plane you don't need to have this done before you do that you can do it all at once (laughs) and just figure it out right that's a big part of it I I love you already (laughs) building the plane by flying the plane like that oh my god that's gonna stay with me forever because it's something that I do continuously I'm like well I'll figure this out on my way there but now I like the building the plane well they always say like they always say like I listen to Gary Vee a lot do you right every time you need a good like motivational talk put on his podcast because they're amazing but he always said I remember him and there's the founder of LinkedIn they always say if you're not embarrassed by your first version of something then you released it too late like you need to get that (laughs) feedback and you need to like you're holding on to it for too long and that's the thing like the market's gonna pass you someone else is gonna come out with that idea you know and then you're not you're never gonna do it so if you're taking anything away from this just get up and do it Mm -hmm. like in, in so many ways you've said it but I feel like you just need to start now with all your businesses and everything that you've done did you have any mentors that kind of you looked up to and, and they showed you the ropes a bit or were you all just self-taught and self-made I don't want to say self-taught and self-made there's definitely learning points but there was no like one person I kind of asked for advice I think when I when I started at work hard I knew again money management or understanding how to like do my taxes I had my mom <laughs> help me with that for sure but um and I think that's part of the ignorant bliss behind it too, is that you can find out new creative ways to approach things. Because if you're kind of trained too hard in like certain categories, you want to stick to what's traditional mm-hmm. and that's really hard to break a mold, you know? And like, what's that rule? It's like, what's the, f- learn the rules because it's more fun to break them when you know you're breaking them, when you know that you're not kind of thing. But when you're trained to a certain degree, then you want to kind of stick to what you're trained to, which can kind of limit your creative mentality of things. But I think, um, no, I think I started off, like, just put up a Facebook page, just put up an Instagram account. Like, I started on WordPress, I got into an e-commerce platform, then I moved to Shopify, like, once things started going, and I was just like, how can I bring attention to this? So I had this really great dry shampoo, but I need people to trust it who didn't know much about the business yet, because it was brand new. So I did a BOGO sale. So you bought one, you got a second one for free, and it's like, how can you say no to a free product? Like, you mm-hmm. have to try it now, kind of thing. So just creative ways of getting people to give attention to your brand and give your brand a chance, and yeah so like not one single mentor but again I listen to a lot of podcasts like I work full-time this dirty blonde is not my full-time gig not yet (laughs) fingers crossed in a few years it could turn into it but on my way to work I listen to side hustle school the podcast is always like eight to ten minutes long but it's every day he posts a new story and I love this guy so much the fact that he can every day put out a new like podcast episode of a great story of someone who's just doing a side hustle to make money and it's anywhere from like um there's one woman who's a mom who drives her kids to school so she did uber uber for kids so now all the kids on her block that need a ride to school pay her five dollars 
and she makes an extra like 300 bucks a month or something like that just doing the side hustle that she's already driving to the school anyway so these parents just pay her once a week to drive their kids as well and just doing little things like that and it kind of keeps you motivated that there's all these other people out there trying to you know make some extra cash and trying to build their own little empire while they can absolutely and you touched upon a really great point in my next question which is you juggle so many priorities like just tell everyone everything that you do like all the jobs that you had because you told me and I think I, I forgot after like the third one so um yeah so full-time I am I work for an experiential marketing company um so we help brands execute all their experiential events that they're doing so that could be anywhere from like a movie release it can be we've worked with a lot of nonprofits before but it's huge projects huge budgets budgets from anywhere to fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollars per project so yeah there's a lot to do there and it's a lot of just like again excel documents <laughs> keeping track of things and hiring staff and training staff and getting the brand messaging and key messaging across so that's what i do in the day i've always been a bit of an event planner like even when i was little i remember my birthday parties i'd draw pictures of the living room to show my dad where i want the balloons to go like <laughs> i was that kid everything had to be very specific and the way i wanted it so i think event planning has been a big part of me and then i really want to start this dry shampoo business so i started um I didn't have a lot of capital. I just paid off my student loans. I paid off $45,000. So I was finally debt free and I did not want to go back into debt. So I was like, how can I make money to then put money into a new side hustle? So there's a great app called Roper and you guys can't see it, but there's a dog under our table right now that I'm babysitting. <laughs> but yeah, it's like um, Airbnb for dogs. So if you're about to go on vacation and you have a dog at home or if you need someone to take care of your dog for the day, you can just book a pet sitter through this app. So I put a profile up, I got booked, and now I always have a dog with me, and it started to bring in a couple hundred dollars a month that I just put towards, you know, paying for website fees, paying for product things, like buying labels, buying containers, buying uh, a heat gun, all the things you need to kind of make products come together. And that kind of helped offset. So I was never going into debt with Dirty Blonde. I was always kind of like, Rover was taking care of it. So I was always at an equilibrium with it, which was nice. So that's true, too. If you don't have money, that's not an excuse either. Gary Vee says it all the time. <laughs> you can buy, sell everything. You yeah. can go into the thrift shop, see something, make it pretty, put it online, resell it. Like, there's exactly. so much that you can do. She, I hope you guys caught that. She said she has a 9 to 5. She does artwork for charity. She does dry shampoo. And she babysits dogs. <laughs> I don't know anybody on this platform that has listed this many jobs that they do. And I'm sure there's other things that you informally do that you don't consider a job. That's probably a job. For me. <laughs> Maybe. I'm a crazy but, person. No, you're not crazy. You're brilliant. You are brilliant. Well, thank like, you. Never mind crazy. Like, so inspiring to have you on here. I have to ask. I know that we just... Okay, so you have like 300 jobs. Let's just call <laughs> it 300 jobs. I, this is how I feel like. And what does a day look like for you? Like, what do you do when you wake? Like, do you wake up? How do you? Um, I'm intrigued. Average work day. So I probably, if I have a dog with me, I'm probably up around six. I take the dog for a stroll, um, get them ready. I bring them to work. And so I'm lucky. I work in a small office of like seven people who enjoy mm. dogs. So it works out for me that I can take them to work for me. I work in the East End, so I'm there all day and those shifts can go anywhere shifts those I used to be a server and I still talk like one uh those days can go anywhere from like nine to five sometimes we're there really late um sometimes I'm doing site inspections sometimes I'm at an event all day which is kind of great too if you're someone who doesn't like to sit in front of a computer all the time mm -hmm. that's definitely a career you might be interested in if you like 
being a very, very organized person, if you can handle stress, if you can handle, if you're really good with clients and with people, um, I definitely would recommend experiential marketing or any sort of event planning because you get to go out and about a lot. Every day is different because one day you're putting, you know, together a really detailed Excel file of a work back schedule for the next three months. Other days, you know, you're buying a ton of products online. You're, other days, you're tracking shipment, shipments, wondering when they're going to arrive. Other days, you're packaging goods, uh, training staff on site doing uh, playbooks, you know, post-campaign reports, talking about what worked, what didn't. Yeah, it's a lot of really cool stuff in that area. Insane. Mm -hmm. And then you come home and you work on your brand and yeah. you're walking dogs and feeding dogs. <laughs> so I have, um, I use Shopify as my platform to sell products. So Shopify notifies me every time there's a sale. So throughout the day as the sales come in and I come home, my little display over there of all my products so I do batches so every weekend I'll put together a batch and then I'll sell that throughout the week so I'll come home and package it out and I there's a very lovely man named Shan he works at Canada Post that I see every <laughs> night between like seven and eight <laughs> to drop off my packages for the day yeah you're like best friends now because I literally see him every day but yeah that's what I do and when I run low I start making it again and package it up that's a, how do you even like I'm in awe right now with you you're like my new like women crush every day at this point because you do it <laughs> not off. just Wednesdays every day <laughs> every day it's not Wednesday anymore like with so many businesses and, and juggling back and forth how do you keep accountable do you have an accountability partner do you have like a journal where you write everything down that you want to do in a day like oh how do you keep accountable I think I'm still struggling with that one fact because you have those weeks where you're like nailing it and everything's kind of coming together and you have all this energy then you have those days where everything just feels like it's falling apart and I don't think there's any way to like perfect that I think that's just you just have to understand that's life like especially even with project management like things go wrong all the time things you can't control people back out people don't get paid like a lot of things so you just have to manage that stress too and I think that's another thing too if you're starting to build your own brand it's so fun in the beginning because everything's new but once you kind of get into a routine it's the consistency of like did I post to social did I respond to those emails did I get that blog done is that newsletter gonna go out in time like there's people I want to feature like um so Dirty Blonde has its own blog called Dirty Talk where I like to feature women who are crushing it <laughs> just like you and just talk about what they're doing and their unique careers and all of those things so I want to make sure those get out in a consistent schedule as well and that can be hard at times to keep up with that so I have to keep myself accountable and yes there are days when I slip but every day is a school day every day you get better but yeah. every day is definitely a school day and you know I I talk about accountability a lot mm -hmm. it's something really key for me and I find that the community will keep you accountable they'll be like hey it's true where I once I posted a podcast episode in the evening because I had technical difficulties and I got two dms on where was the podcast this morning? And I was like, what? You listen? They're heartbroken. You took it from them. Yeah, I know. Because you're part of their routine, right? They're on their way to work and they couldn't listen. And yeah, it's so true because people, that's another, it, consistency too, because you're posting and people get used to you posting. If you stop for a while and then come back, like, what, what is this? And then, and I find Instagram can be a bit more fickle in keeping followers. People are very easy to follow and unfollow. Or Facebook, I kind of like that platform more because people are a bit more committed to like conversation and mm -hmm. like taking part in the things where Instagram is more of a, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, it's I. I have no idea. Facebook is more. I find the the groups that I'm in on Facebook are so popping, and like the best things happen in there. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, I want to name my business. Just these are the four names that I'm thinking. There's a poll, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm part of your journey. <laughs> so, 
you know, it's, it's, it's true. It's fun. And I guess getting, like, even some customers will email me. I think when I first started, I was three months in, and um, I was getting a lot of women buying. I still am, but Nova Scotia is really taking off her dry shampoo. Nice. And she wrote me saying, I just had a baby, and I was struggling with postpartum hair loss, and this product has helped so much with the fact that she doesn't have to wash her hair as much, but it's actually covering up spots where she's thinning. And she's like, I cried for the first time today, but it was only because I was really happy, not because I was sad. And it was just, like, the cutest most honest like customer review that I was just like oh this is so great like it feels so good to know you're doing because I think with art selling art and knowing it was going to charity I, I assumed I was going to miss that aspect of helping mm-hmm. people and I know it's not in the same degree but it's still nice to know you're making someone's life a little bit better even if it's just a hair product but hair is the biggest thing yeah it says it's a big statement piece right <laughs> you gotta it, take it, care of it because it's everything to most women I find and it's it's a way of expression so I find that when like me, for instance, when my hair isn't, like, thin, flat, and pressed, I'm annoyed. Like, <laughs> I'm just not in a good mood. My hair doesn't look right. So, I'm definitely, in my family, we do we do hair products. So, I'm huge, huge into it. So, I understand. And you're part of their life now. You sit mm-hmm. in everybody's washroom. I don't know it's if that's true. <laughs> and I think we're in such, like, a, a movement of paying attention to what's in our products and what it does to us. And I, there's a, a documentary on Netflix I watched probably a year ago when I just started this as well and it was called stink and it was about all the ingredients that are going into products like listed as fragrance so they don't Mm. actually have to tell you what it is and Mm. fragrance is a very dangerous ingredient so if you are reading any of your products as fragrance please stop using it but it's just a way of when you list it as fragrance it's proprietary so they don't legally have to tell you what it is but it could be any sort of chemical that's been diluted to smell a certain way so a chemical could smell really bad when it's not diluted, but once it's diluted enough, it could smell like sweet almonds or something like that. But it's not a natural smelling mm-hmm. product. It's not good for your skin. It's not good for your health. And I think we're paying attention to that. And I think we're also figuring out that you don't have to wash things as much as we've been trained to. It's very dangerous to your skin. Soap is not nice on your skin. It's not nice on your scalp. It causes a lot of issues. And I think shampoo is a concept that was brought in about 30 years ago. It's still relatively new and mm-hmm. like human history of what it is but we're definitely overwashing our scalps and our hair and if we're wondering why our, our color isn't lasting or our hair is not growing or if it's breaking and it's damaged it's usually it's just been overwashed a lot so taking that break for sure is a nice little um treat for everyone you just like I don't even know what to say I don't even know what to say like I, I need to start like gearing up for these answers right <laughs> I'm all over the place but it's uh no, well, it's, it's very important, I find, especially now that we, I feel like society conscious lives because of social media, because we're showing everyone, like, I, I watched somebody on stories the other day, and she took us through her whole day, I make coffee, these are the products I use, this is how I do my makeup, this is my office, and she took us through everything, so yeah. I feel as though because people do that, now they're more awake of what's going into their products because they see so much example, as opposed yeah. to before, it's whatever your mom used whatever grandma used that's what you were using because that's what was bought in the house yeah it's true the brands you trusted growing up without really paying attention to it but there's so many other brands coming out now that are a lot more honest what was in them and like less is more when you're reading the back of something like there's 20 different ingredients like a lot of it's just filler is not needed um after about six months into starting dirty blonde i started releasing my own hair oil line as well and that was a big one too because I used to love um, Moroccan oil. It was my, I loved the way it smelled. I loved mm. the way my hair felt afterwards. And when I looked into it, it was um, water-based plastic was the first ingredient. And then fragrance was the sixth ingredient. And there's little to no actual um, argan oil in it that they promise. And there's dyes. There's two, two different types of dye used in it as well. And it's very disappointing that you spend, you know, 
$60 on this beautiful hair oil and then you realize it's just literally not oil at all. So I started uh, creating my own hair oil line and that's been taking off as well. So I have hair care kits too. So you can get uh, hair oil and dry shampoo and a little brush, application brush. Look at you yeah. just growing into the, yeah. that was one of my questions. Um, what do you, what would you like to expand into? Is it just hair or would you move into like nails and, and body stuff? Um, I know skin is very, it's different because people have combination skin, they have oily skin, they have dry skin. And that's not something I don't know a lot about skin. I think hair because mm. I'm very focused on my own hair, but I would like to grow into that. But I also like the idea of just having a very niche product that everyone's going to love. And like no one, I have yet to have someone reach out to me and say, it doesn't work. I've never ever said and say it's not working. I don't like it. It doesn't work. It's never that. It's always, I think I got the wrong shade. Can I exchange it? Like, okay, <laughs> stuff like that. And I, people, I don't. I have girls running. Like, I haven't washed my hair in a month. This is awesome. Like, I'm going <laughs> backpacking with my boyfriend now. I don't have to stress about this. You know, one girl's. Uh, she's like, I just went through cancer treatment. I love the fact that this is a vegan, all natural product. I don't have to worry about putting harmful chemicals on my body anymore and stuff like that. And I've had people reach out. Like, my boyfriend uses my dry shampoo, but he wants to know if you can. It was so cute if I could make a sticker of a dude with a man bun because <laughs> the logo is just a girl. The logo is me as a cartoon, but <laughs> like if you could man it up for him, that'd be great. Stuff like that. So you might. Okay, that's cute. Maybe, but I love the idea of like just um, having more honest conversations about like what we're eating and consuming and putting on our bodies and like uh, how what it does to our skin and uh, all of those things. I'm not really sure if I, because if I was to make lotions, the thing is there's so much preservatives in lotions mm -hmm. that it expires quickly. So to make it, you'd have to almost make it the day it was ordered. <laughs> so it stays fresh long enough, but looking into it. But I think right now I want to just get Dirty Blonde into more hands and get more happy customers and grow a fan base that way and see where it goes. But I always, I'm always listening because some girls are reaching out like, you don't have stuff for red hair. So I made it for red hair. I had girls in Ireland being like, I want to order, but I can't. Like your shop doesn't allow people from Ireland to order. So now people from Ireland can order. <laughs> so you're, you're listening to what I'm the... listening to what they like. Mm -hmm. And I think I love the idea of dry shampoo and hair oil because there's this root to tip combination of I got you covered kind of thing. And this idea of like dip, dab and go. And this idea of like saving you time. Because if you think about it, especially for women getting ready in the morning. Like you said, what do you do to get ready in the morning? If we're washing our hair, we have dedicating an hour to washing our hair, drying it, styling it, mm -hmm. and going out the doors. Like what could you do with that hour if you didn't have to wash your hair every day? And sleep. That's, right? That's a big one. Sleep. I have a girl being like, oh, I'll go for runs. I go to that yoga class. You know, I get to work early and get like caught up on my emails, you know, do whatever I want. Basically, it's my hour now, which is kind of nice. So... So you're saving time and you're yeah. making us look fly all at once. Yeah, saving your scalp from dryness, saving your hair from overwashing, saving you time. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Advice from Hannah approves. I totally approve. I have to kind of ask this. If you saw yourself at 20, which is like three minutes ago. Um, that was 13 years ago, yeah. Girl, no. <laughs> we, got, I, we can't say it's this. okay. I'm not ashamed of my age. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that was forever for me. Um, what would you tell her? God, what was I doing at 20? I was still in school. Um, oh, 20, what was I doing at 20? I was probably being an idiot, to be honest. I'm sure I could use a pep talk, <laughs> definitely. I was like platinum blonde, uh, loved to wear pink. Um, <laughs> going to my English classes, you know, working as a server at night. I think I was very doe-eyed and innocent. There was definitely a lot that I still needed to learn. I think I would have 
I definitely wish I focused more on school mm. than I did looking back. But again, I didn't have an end goal of what I wanted. So I think it's harder to like stay focused on something when you don't know what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't until I started traveling and going abroad that I was like, wow, I'm really into this interested in like charity work and doing good things for people. And that's when I went to grad school for fundraising. And I, you know, I was on the Dean's list when I graduated. Like I, there was just, just a 180 in what I was doing uh, versus like undergrad versus grad school. Mm. And I think it's so hard to, you know, have a plan at that young of age because there's still so much to learn. But I think be more focused. Um, maybe don't take English as your degree. <laughs> it wasn't the most helpful degree to have. Um, granted, I, like, even writing emails and stuff, like, people send me emails. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Someone needed an English degree, but, yeah. So it helps in some ways, I guess. I'm very good at storytelling and uh, very good at... Um, constructing a thought that everyone can understand it but I think I wish I'd taken some more business classes or even like communications or marketing or even mm-hmm. global studies because it wasn't until later in my degree that I really was interested in like I've I went to Dominican and India and Kenya and Peru and all these places and it wasn't until I started going to those places that I took more interest in the world but if I had to go back now my undergrad would probably have been in global studies and communications or something like that you would have you would have switched the, the sphere. But yeah. it, but the journey was so pretty to right now. It was. It was a, yeah, it got me to where I am. So there's definitely no regrets. But I think maybe don't have platinum blonde hair too. <laughs> <laughs> no platinum blonde, no painting. Yeah, calm no down hair. on that. <laughs> I feel like we all had I had red, bright red hair. Yeah, I remember yeah. a lot of my girlfriends all had really blonde hair and very tan skin. Tanning beds were in Oh uh, well it was the Paris Hilton era. Yeah, right? And yeah. Jessica Simpson mm-hmm. and all yeah, those are our role models, so we can blame them. <laughs> it's all their it's all pop culture stuff. Yeah. I totally get it. Totally. Right? Now I know that everyone's probably dying to know like where can we find you? What's your website? Like where can we find you? And this is your time to like talk about absolutely anything that's on your mind right now. It could be like I had a horrible day today and you tell us or anything that's on your mind um, and the floor is yours. All right. So my name is Laura Armstrong and Dirty Blonde is at dirtyblonde.ca. Pretty easy. And we have Instagram and a Facebook page if you want to follow that. My personal Instagram account is Lola at Ar- Lola underscore Armstrong. <laughs> so employers can't find me even though I don't post anything scandalous. <laughs> I like to have my space basically um yeah and then we have a, a really great blog called dirty talk and we love to feature women and uh i would love to get more writers on involved too so if anyone's interested in creating content uh, for dirty blonde please reach out my email is what up at dirty blonde.ca uh, i thought of that myself i know <laughs> very oh, clever um and for me like i just love talking about like professional development and things you can do day to day and i was i just recently started a new job as 10 months into a brand new job an experiential company and before that i was a corporate event manager for a software company that helped mm-hmm. charities fundraise online so they're very different roles i've spent the last 10 months adjusting and i think the best advice i got and i listened to it from a podcast was the two things you can do every day to make yourself a better person at work or just a more reliable person is to be early, which is, it sounds so easy, but if you say it, work starts at 8.30, aim to be there at 8. And then that way, if you're ever running late, you're still early and you get there in time. And it's true, I show up early to work every day. I get myself settled, I get my dog settled, I get all my emails organized, my to-do list is done, and that's when people start filing in and I already feel like prepared for the day. So I'm never rushing through the door and in a panic. I used to be like that a few years ago and I'm kind of glad I've gotten over that. And the other one is do more than what's expected of you. So if someone asks you to put a chart together, put a really sick chart together. <laughs> Don't just do the, you know, the bottom line, do a bit more each time. And 
you'll kind of get a persona for yourself of being, you know, someone you can be who can be relied on, who's always going to kill, who's going to knock it out of the park, and yeah, those sort of things and habits. So was that quote? Um, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to the, to be broken. And it's a very powerful quote, and that's something I live by too. Because once you start getting yourself into bad habits of sleeping in too late or not going to the gym, and if you're someone who really likes to go to the gym or likes to go for runs and you kind of stop doing that, you feel it eventually in different ways. So develop those habits and eventually it'll just be a part of who you are, which is good. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. From Bond. <laughs> this was so informative. Thank you so much for being Anytime. on the platform. This is your girl, your favorite host, Advice from Hannah with Laura from Dirty Blonde. <laughs> on the other side, thank you so much for tuning. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.